microphone one. Ready to go. Hello to all my fellow bomb moms, future moms, baby mamas, stepmamas. What's going on, everybody? My name is Alyssa, and we are back with another episode of Bomb Mom Podcast. The petty side of me was slightly satisfied yesterday. Um, If you listen to previous episodes, I have talked about my ex-best friend, um, the co-host of my old podcast, and just how we fell out and what happened. And yesterday, I got a message from a girl who we were both friends with. I actually met this girl through my ex-best friend, much like I met Shay, who was also on an episode a couple episodes back. When I first see the message pop up on my phone, I'm like, this is either some drama or some bullshit. Um, so I open the message and the first thing that I see is, hey, I didn't know if you didn't fuck with me because of so-and-so or if you didn't like me for your own reasons, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm not cool with her anymore. She showed me her true colors, X, Y, Z. So I get that little bit of adrenaline rush, like karma's already doing her due diligence and it's only been two months. Could it be? I have a brief conversation with this girl. She basically tells me that they're not friends anymore and she just completely understands why I'm not her friend and why I cut her off. And it's so funny because I had also said on one of my other episodes that after me and my ex-best friend fell out, she actually went on to create a podcast of her own with a co-host but only got as far as the trailer, never did another episode, never updated their social media Um, nothing like that. And I was really offended by that situation because the reason that me and her even fell out was over a podcast episode for our podcast. Um, but this girl tells me like, yeah, she kind of like forced me into doing that. It's not really something I was interested in. It's not really something that I wanted to do. So I just kind of felt like, damn, you really tried to shit on me by making your own podcast, but then you couldn't even stand on your own two feet. That's embarrassing. I have all the love in the world for this girl. She was a part of my family, but honestly, accountability is the very first step in healing. And until they, until you can realize what your toxic traits are and the unhealed parts of yourself instead of projecting and trying to find them in other people, it could never be a friendship that I would want to be a part of. On to happier news, my fur baby Dash, my baby boy, um, turned one on the 18th, was his birthday. I have had Dash since he was about six weeks old, and it's crazy because I posted some pictures on my Instagram for his birthday, and I literally used to be able to hold this dog in my hand. When I picked him up from the girl that I got him from way back when I first got him, I got him in the car, and I had him in a blanket, and he snuggled into the part of my neck and, like, my shoulder blade, And he fit there perfectly and it was so cute. And now when he sits next to me, he's literally the same size as me sitting down. I had pets growing up. We had a couple cats and I had this dog Hershey who I absolutely loved. Um, And I've never really been like a dog person like that. But at the time that I saw Dash, I just really had this overwhelming feeling that I wanted a dog. And I know it sounds crazy, but 
it was like an emotional point in my life and EJ was little and I just really wanted a dog and I'm grateful that I did it. I did have some doubts about just raising him and being able to afford him and everything but he's truly become a part of my family. My kids love him and I look at him like he's another one of my children and I never thought that I would think of a dog that way but I do. So the other day I was outside and my son Jonathan was trying to get EJ into the house and he's holding the door open. Um, Dash was in the house with no collar on. So I have to put him in like a thicker collar. He's a pit and American bulldog so he's really strong. He's really muscular. So if I don't put him in a thicker collar... Um, he kind of like wiggles his way out of them even when they're tight. So I had taken his collar off in the house. My son was opening the door. Dash sees a perfect opportunity to run and he does. So I see him run across the street. I run inside the house. I grab some treats. I grab my keys. I'm like, shit, I gotta go find this dog. He's not even wearing a collar. What am I gonna do? I'm driving up and down the street. I don't see him anywhere. I'm literally driving back and forth in my neighborhood with my high beams on, trying to spot this dog for like 45 minutes. I ended up calling the non-emergency police number and I'm like, look, this is what my dog looks like. If anyone calls in or sees him, please call me. This is my number. I have a ring doorbell on the front of my house. So if you have a ring, you know that there's like a community part of the app so when you go in the app other people in your vicinity or in your area that have ring doorbells you can actually post like a social type of platform so I put a picture of Dash up there I just said like hey this is where I live he got out if anyone sees him please contact me so at this point I was looking for him for an, about an hour and I'm just like okay I have to go home hopefully he turns back up dogs for the most part um know where they live but again he's a baby he's only one so I wasn't sure how far he could have gotten if he'd be able to find his way home whatever I'm sitting at home I'm on the verge of tears because I'm just so sad why would he run am I gonna find him is he gonna come back is somebody gonna snatch him I just had so many thoughts in my head and then my phone rings and I see that it's the police department I answer the phone so fast. The girl's like, hey, it's so-and-so from the police department. I just wanted to know if you found your dog. I was like, no, I didn't find my dog. And then she's like, oh, okay, because so-and-so called at this address and they said they found the dog. And I'm like, okay, what's the address? Got it real quick. Ran out of the house, grabbed my keys, um, got in the car, and I went to go get him. Thank God he got in the car with no problem. He was so excited to see me. Someone did call in because they found him and... I just really had like a whole ass anxiety attack over this dog. Every weekend, I try to get up on Saturday and Sunday and make breakfast for myself and the kids, mainly because that's the only days during the week that we can really sit down and have breakfast together. So this past weekend, I wake up. It's like 9.15, which is late for me to sleep in. EJ's still asleep. Um, my older two kids were up. I go downstairs. I'm ready to make breakfast. I'm in a great mood. I walk into the kitchen and it is a complete disaster. I've kind of tried to make it a habit to clean my kitchen before I go to bed because that's the first place that I come to in the morning when I wake up to, you know, make my coffee or whatever. I don't remember if I didn't clean before I went to bed that night or if my kids came down and made a mess before I was awake or the night before, whatever the case was, I had a full on breakdown. I started crying over the kitchen being a mess, but obviously it wasn't just because the kitchen was a mess. It was kind of a combination of a bunch of things. 
in that moment, I just had to give myself a second to just be sad and irritated and angry and stressed out and feel bad for myself because honestly, sometimes we need that. Just like we want validation from everybody else about whatever else, you know, likes on social media, the validation that we seek, we need to give that to ourselves sometimes. So in that moment, yes, I let myself cry, but it was for about two, three minutes. And then I got my shit together. I cleaned the kitchen and I made my kids breakfast and I was fine, but I was able to let myself feel. And that's the most important thing. I want to talk about mindfulness for a minute because it's just so important that everyone has a sense of mindfulness and understanding their own emotions and where they're coming from and why they're reacting to certain things, but then also be willing to sit down and have an uncomfortable conversation with yourself as to what you're doing to make your life more difficult. Because I knew that in this moment, I was slacking a little bit. My house is a mess. My laundry's not done. My kitchen's not clean. So I'm not just breaking down or crying over the kitchen not being clean. It's like a whole bunch of things stressing me out. So I have talked briefly about dealing with anxiety. But fun fact, I also have ADHD. So it is just a great time over here where I'm at. Um, joking, but sometimes it can be super difficult. And diagnosed or not, I feel like a lot of adults and especially parents deal with some level of anxiety. But how would life even go on without us? I mean, I hold shit together. I don't know about you, but I hold shit together. Life would literally not go on without me. My kids would not eat without me. My kids would probably stop attending school without me. Uh, shout out to their dad, but I hold shit together. So I can't use the anxiety and the ADHD as a crutch, even though sometimes I want to crawl in a hole and that's all that I want to do. I have to figure out ways that work for me to keep my life flowing. I want to talk about some signs of anxiety that you wouldn't necessarily think are signs of anxiety, but they are. Number one I deal with is procrastination. If there was an award for best procrastinator, it would go to either me or my mother and I kid you not. I have a lot going on. I have a busy schedule. I have a lot of things to do on a day-to-day. -day. I have a lot of things to take care of. And that's super intimidating sometimes. So sometimes, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll give myself an hour to chill, but I'll do it in a little bit. And then before you know it, all these hours have gone by, sometimes days, and none of the things that I wanted to do are done. Another one is always busy but never getting shit done. That is also me. I feel like even when I clean... I'm going from one room to another room before that room is even clean, and I don't mean to. It's just like I'll be cleaning something in the kitchen, and then I'll go in the living room to grab something, and then I'll be like, oh my god, this is all over the floor, so let me pick this up. And then I go back into the kitchen, and I'm like, oh shit, I was cleaning the kitchen, and I didn't even finish. The next one is irritable and easily annoyed by the people around you, and for most parents and moms and me, the people that are around me are my children, and Ever since I started working from home, I'm obviously not really socially interacting with a lot of people outside of the house because I'm in the house so much. But sometimes it's essential for me to walk away from my children, leave them downstairs and just sit in my room for a few minutes and decompress, especially when I start to get to that point where I'm going to flip out if I hear mommy one more time. 
The last one that I have written here, which I also struggle with very much so, is brain fog. I'm one of those people that if I go to the grocery store and I don't have a written list, I'm 1000% coming home and saying to myself that I forgot something that I needed. I was having a conversation with my friend the other day and we were both laughing because we were talking about the fact that I flourish with to-do lists and schedules and structure of those sorts. I don't know why, but they really work for me. So one of the things that I started doing was before I go to the grocery store, I'll write down a menu or a list of all the things I'm going to cook for dinner for the next week or whenever the next time I'm going to go grocery shopping is. And because I have every single night picked out for what I need to cook, I have a grocery list down to the exact thing that I need. Not only does this ensure that I'm going to get everything that I need from the grocery store, it also saves me money because I'm not just in the grocery store winging it and I'm not just buying a whole bunch of meat and then coming home with no sides. You know what I mean? And having a menu picked out for the week helps in the sense that I know what I'm cooking every single day. I don't have to stress out over whether I took meat out to defrost or, you know, what do I have enough of to cook for me and all these kids tonight? It's easy. I already have it figured out. I know that I have all the ingredients. I'm ready to go. Another thing that I've been doing recently is at the beginning of every morning when I clock into work, I look at my to-do list for work and then I also make my own to-do list for what I need to do that day that I want to finish before I clock out of work. Being that I work from home, I'm able to focus on the other things that I do like my podcast and other things that I'm working on in my spare time while I'm on the clock and it's been really difficult for me to have like the work and home boundaries because I'm home so it kind of all flows into each other I'm on the clock but I'm cleaning and then I'm off the clock but I'm still doing work stuff that I didn't finish and I don't want to live like that I want to work my 9 to 5 30 like I'm supposed to and then once I clock out I want to be done with work I'm a writer, so I like to write down the things that I need to get done, but that feeling of putting the check next to something after I finished it and seeing my whole to-do list checked off, that's just like the greatest feeling. And it's really like I stress myself out for no reason because as soon as I'm done doing all the things that I needed to do, I can just chill. I can just relax and I'll be in a clean house and my laundry will be done and I won't have to look forward to the next 1700 things I need to do. It's one of those many things we need to prioritize because it's something that makes our lives easier. It's making ourselves a priority by doing these little things to help ensure that we're not crazy the next day or the following days to come. We are now approaching the end of February and the last strong black woman that I chose to highlight for this month is someone that I look up to a lot, someone that I have been a fan of for many years. It is Onika Mirage Petty, also known as Nicki Minaj. She was born on December 8th, 1982 in Trinidad. She is a fellow Sagittarius, which is one of the many reasons that I adore her. When she was just about five years old, her and her family moved to Queens, New York. Nikki talks about a lot of trauma early on, especially with her father. Her father was addicted to drugs and on several occasions took a lot of their stuff and sold it for drugs as well as a time that he lit the house on fire while Nikki's mother was still inside. 
Nikki later on said in a Rolling Stone article that she would pray to God that he would make her rich so she could take care of her mother and that was what really drove her into her career. She penned her first rap at 12 years old and also went to a high school for music and art. Nicki Minaj started her career as a background dancer for some rap groups in New York and it wasn't until Dirty Money CEO Fendi discovered her MySpace page and signed her to his label. That connection led Nicki Minaj to meeting Lil Wayne who then did collaborations on Playtime Is Over and Be Me Up Scotty, which were her debut mixtapes in 2007 and 2009. Nicki Minaj was signed by Lil Wayne to Young Money Records in August of 2009, becoming the first female artist to ever sign to this label. Her album Pink Friday dropped in November of 2010 and debuted number two on the Billboard 200, eventually reaching number one in the first week of sales. This album had the highest sales week for female rap albums this century, and it was the second highest overall after Lauryn Hill, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Pink Friday went certified platinum in December 2010 and reached number one in the United States in 2011, becoming the first solo female rap album to go platinum in seven years. Nicki Minaj has won many awards for her rap career as well as five consecutive years in a row of BET's award for best female hip-hop artist. Nicki has the most Billboard Hot 100 entries among women of all genres in the charts history. Just another example of a strong woman who overcame the situation that she was born into and ultimately created a life and a career for herself off the strength that she knew she wanted better. And Nikki, I can totally relate because I pray to God that I can take care of my mom at some point every day. For everyone that already follows me on Instagram, if you haven't already, go to my profile, click on the highlight that says podcast. And if you love Bomb Mom Podcast and look forward to listening to me every Friday, go ahead and submit a quick love letter. It's a contest that I entered to help me win a sponsorship for my podcast. If you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm at Bomb Mom Podcast. Make sure you go and follow me today. For all of my listeners and everybody out there, have a wonderful day. Talk to you next week. Bye. My name is Jalen and you just listened to my mom's bomb mom's podcast. Bye.